I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. They brought him back early at the end of last season. He got injured straight away, and it was really a bit of a public humiliation for Manly that they're not dealing with this properly. I think it's made them have a hard look at themselves, say to Tom, hey, you know, we fucked up there. We really cannot have, we can't we can't let you play Origin essentially. We need you here on the park 80% of the time. And I'm hoping that that sort of embarrassing moment for Manly is a bit of a turning point. Whisperer, welcome back. What's going on? Not a lot, mate. Not a lot. Not much has changed since the last time we spoke. What about yourself? Yeah, not a heap, mate. But obviously, we uh, we, we kicked off part one of the non-cheapy Bible the other day. We're going to dive into part two today. And we're going to be talking about guys like Isaiah Yo, Jai Arrow, Ryan James, Victor Radley, and Tommy Turbo. Some pretty big names there, mate. Let's kick off with Isaiah Yo. Now... The standout thing for me, and I saw you post it the other day as well, is that, um, of course, he loses his dual position. So any second rower that's dropping centre wing, it is a catastrophic loss, isn't it? 100%, mate. You look at prior examples like Britton Decora in his rookie year. He averaged 60 in his dual position. John Bateman as well was another one in his first year at the NRL, dual position. Isaiah Yo as well last year. These, these are the guys that you can put into your centre wing that just kill it. But when they lose that elusive tag... I, uh, I, their suit, their stocks dropped rapidly for me. And mate, of course, as they, you know, he was sensational last year, a cracking season for him, a real breakout year. Um, I mean, can he really keep up that form? For me, I don't see this Penrith team being as dominant as they were last year. And I mean, that's not really a hot take. They lost three games all year or whatever. So I, I think they will come back to the pack to some extent, and I, I think it definitely will affect Isaiah Yo's scores mate like the two years before last he had averages of 44.5 and 54 and then automatically he shoots up to 69 believe it or not he actually played less minutes last year and had a, a bigger increase but i'm always worried about players that have one massive year because it's always second year syndrome uh, historically it's shown players that have that big of an increase never really continue it's those players that have a gradual climb and the the huge uh, 16 point difference in yo's average is probably something that can't be replicated and 
like you mentioned, I also have the same opinion that Penrith will struggle, and I think Yo will will affect that. You've got guys like Capewell um, coming back into the team as well. You've got uh, Sorensen, you got Eisenhuth. So the rotation looks a bit different for Yo as well. And I think his price had an average of just under seventy at six hundred and twelve k. And there's many better options for that price range in the second row, in my opinion. And, like, I don't see his score plummeting next year, but, I mean, if he was to come down to a 55 or a 60, it's still a huge hit, isn't it? 100%, because you buy him at 612K, he goes to, let's say he goes even to 60. Like, let's say he has a nine-point drop to 60. That's still probably a 40, 50K drop in price, and that money can be used elsewhere, especially when cheapies this year look to be so few and far between. Now, mate, the next man on our list, Jai Arrow, a guy that neither of us are overly huge fans of. We've both spoken about the game moving away from Jai Arrow. And personally, I think if he arrives at South Sydney and he plays 13, it could be the biggest mistake of their season. Now, I would be assuming that because Jai Arrow played a lot of minutes off the bench last year, you'd know the numbers better than me. But is he at a slightly reduced price this year? Yeah, he's, his minutes didn't change, believe it or not. He lost three minutes of game time, and he had a 12-point drop-off to his average. So do you do the math? Do you really think that four points a minute is... Uh, it just doesn't down, correlate, does it? No, it, it's not down to injuries, mate, unfortunately. It's down to Jai Aaron not being as productive as he once was three years ago. I did a I did a podcast on this just solely on the stats of Jai Arrow and how it's going to affect South moving forward. And he's had a gradual decline since 2017, and that's nothing to do with his injuries or coming off the bench because his minutes haven't changed. And I'm sure you're of the same camp as me that Jai Arrow isn't a lock in this game anymore, but he's also not a front rower as well. In my opinion, he's in that weird sort of in-between body type. Yeah. And it's a really interesting one because there are a lot of guys, you know, I, I egg all over my face. I, I bagged this South Sydney pack last year. I said they wouldn't make the top eight. They did it easy essentially. And there's a lot of guys that came through. I mean, like Junior Satola, he went to another another level. You got Harm Sele there. These are your explosive front rowers who are doing really special things. And a lot of people have told me that he'll play in the back row, Jai Arrow. But for me, I'd be looking at the other uh, young kid there, Kulam and Tungy as well. So, I mean, people are telling me he's a Queensland rep. He's going to walk into this side. I'm not sure if he will. Are you are you ready for a spicy hot take? Hit me with it. If Jai Arrow didn't come to the Titans, he wouldn't have a representative jersey to his name. Yeah, no, it's probably a fair shout, I think. Like, what what message does it send to guys like Burgess, Totola, Sele, Claude Matungi, uh, Liam Knight, that you can have a year that defy logic? Like, everyone wrote South off last year and how weak their pack is, and they come out and do what they did last year. What message does it send to them? What message does it send to the Harold Matt's kids, the, the Jersey flag guys coming through that uh, a washed-up, quote-unquote, marquee signing just comes in and takes your spot that uh, Stats Show has had reduced production over the last three years? I just don't think it's fair. Look, in all honesty, Wayne Bennett used Arrow as a front row, front forward rotation in the Origin Series, so I'm hoping for Cam Murray's sake that that's how it stays, but it's just a bit of a slap in the face to those guys that really got South moving last year, don't you think? Yeah, mate, for sure. And oh, I just, I, I, I actually feel for South Sydney. I feel like they signed Jairo and then the game moved away from him. Uh, I, I think it's really tough on them. I feel for them. Yeah, I, I, I just, the, the one thing that worries me, though, the one thing that worries me is that I'm sitting here bagging Jairo, saying he's not the player you're all telling me he is. And a year ago, I sat here and I said, the South Sydney Rabbitohs, they don't have the pack to compete with the top teams in the NRL. And... The one thing in Jai Arrow's favour is that he has Wayne Bennett on his side. He is a master of getting the very best out of his forwards. So it's the one thing that has me hesitant, but I'm sorry. Like, I, I have eyes. I can see what's going on with Jai Arrow, and, I, and I'm willing to say he's going to be a bit of a flop. 
don't get me wrong, I think Wayne Bennett will get the best out of Jairo, but I don't think he's going to get the best out of him at 55-plus minutes a game. I think Wayne Bennett's going to nurture Jairo with around 40 to 43 minutes. I mean, Souths have a quality front row rotation, and do you really see him having the same kind of minutes at South Sydney than he does at a dysfunctional club like the Titans when they were? Like, I don't see it happening. What do you think? Yeah, and I mean, the the, the other side of this as well is that historically, Wayne Bennett, he has been the super coach killer, hasn't he? Yeah, 100%. Like, that's what I've been trying to tell people. Like, don't expect... People are saying these injuries are, are, are what held held Arrow down, like little niggles. But I'm sorry, just because you pack your bags and move from the Gold Coast to Redfern, these niggles in your body just don't magically go away, do they? Mate, speaking of packing your bags and leaving the Gold Coast, Ryan James has made his way down to Canterbury. And this is a guy, as you said, packing your bags, leaving the Gold Coast. Injuries don't go away. This is a guy that's been riddled by injuries for a long time. I'm looking at this one as positive as I can because I really like Ryan James. I think he's got a lot to offer, but geez, he's walking into one of the teams with, you know, some of, if not the deepest depth in the NRL. We've seen Ryan James when he's fit and when he's at his most destructive and he is a super coach sensation. Are the minutes going to be there? Is the opportunity going to be there for him in Canberra? Well, this is the thing I let, like taking stock out of Gold Coast, Ryan James averaged 17 in his peak years and is that a case of him being a phenomenal player or is that a case of him just being the big fish in a small pond? There is so many mouths to feed in the nation's capital. It's not funny. One person I don't want to be come round one is Ricky Stewart. Just from that sheer fact that you've got so many good forwards there. Like you have to cut some eventually off the top of my head. You've got guys like Papali, you've got guys like Ryan James, Corey Horsburgh, Joe Tarpany, um, Corey Hadawira Naira, Hudson Young, Elliot Whitehead. Obviously they all play different positions, but it's just a stacked forward pack, isn't it, mate? Well, mate, uh, I mean, Dunamis Louis played Origin at the end of last year. You've got Emre Gula coming back. They loved him before he went. Soliola's a cult hero Soliola, as well. Like, I, I, I put on my Raiders 1-17 to 17 the other day, and a lot of people told me that Soliola wouldn't be in it. But, geez, I don't know if, if Ricky Stewart's going to leave that sort of experience out of his team. It's going to be... It's going to be one hell of a side, and I think Ryan James is definitely going to play his part, but it could make him irrelevant in Supercoach realistically. Oh, look, I don't think it's... Um, you're not going to have any negatives with Ryan James, but it's just how big are the positives going to be. Like, picking Ryan James is just a safe pick. You're not going to lose money, but it's just a case of whether he's going to start alongside Josh Papali, whether he's going to make big coin or not. So that's probably the biggest concern with James moving forward. It's that rotation and Ricky Stewart loves a bit of resting and rotation, doesn't he? Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, even if you get to teamless Tuesday and he's named in the front row, are you still overly, are you confident? Uh, no, that's the sad thing. Like this is one of the, one of the times if you said to me, I've got a front row forward that's going to be named it to start that has average 70 before I jump your hand off, but you look deeper and Ricky Stewart loves to just rest guys just to, to keep morale going and keep them fresh and, Ryan James coming off a pretty severe injury could be one of those guys that only sees 40 minutes, even though he starts the game. So it's one of those ones where you're not going to lose money, but it's a case of how much upside you're going to get. Now, mate, the next guy we're going to talk about, potentially my favorite player in the comp, Victor Radley, obviously returns from his ACL. Um, I, I, I've said a few times, I, I, I've heard you agree as well, that um, you know the Roosters' season fell apart when Radley left the ground that night against St. George. And... The, the only thing that worries me, I love Radley coming back into this team. I think that, especially for James Tedesco, he's going to be fantastic. They link up really well together. Um, his stats from the games that he did play, 
in 2020 were, were pretty impressive. I'll let you talk more about that. But for me, obviously, the worry is a guy coming off an ACL. It's sort of always a bit of a super coach rule, isn't it? You know guys aren't going to return straight away. It does take time to get over those sort of things. 100%. Radley's price at a really awkward 445K. And I think that's great for super coaches because you can leave Radley out of your side if he is named on the bench for the first five or six rounds. I mean, Robinson has done that. You remember when Angus Crichton joined, he happily left Angus Crichton on the bench for, for weeks on end. And I think he might do the same with Radley, which will cause a good price drop. But some of the stats for Radley last year were phenomenal. When when Radley played more than 60 minutes, he averaged 79. But um, it's a bit weird, isn't it? Because he, when he plays less, he doesn't kick on it's probably that last 20 minutes that you really see that tied forwards and Radley just picks them apart doesn't he well mate as you just said it's really strange I mean every game that's under 55 minutes he's literally getting 25 34 49 points yet you bump it above the 60 all of a sudden we're, we're, we're heading into the you know 70 points 62 points he had a day out against the Broncos uh, up at Suncorp Stadium earlier in the season scored 105 there was pretty much playing touch footy against them but that is the beauty of Victor Radley. He has got the ball playing up his sleeve. He has got a lot of upside, doesn't he? Yeah, and he's not he's not a Jake Travoyevich. Like you look at Jake Travoyevich, he'll he'll go to line and and pass it probably eight times out of ten. Whereas Radley, he'll he'll happily take it on, won't he? Oh, for sure, mate. And I, I I still think there's a lot of points that the Roosters put on their board that Victor Radley doesn't get recognised for in Supercoach. But mate, he, there, there, there's enough that he does get recognised for to give him that big upside. 100%, mate. And you look at you look at the Roosters' rotation, you're going to have probably Sammy Verrills or Jake Friend being on the bench as well, which takes a takes a position away, which might give Radley a bit more minutes. But touching back onto that 60 to 80-minute range, do you think it's because Radley is so nimble around the ruck in that last 20 minutes of a game, he just tears teams apart? Uh, yeah, I, I would say so, mate. I It's it's hard to say, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I, I take out that... that that Brisbane game is a little bit irrelevant to me, that that one. But, I mean, his base stats, I mean, I'm having a look at him now. I mean, when he played 55 minutes, base stats 30. You know, when, when he played 48 and 44, they're all 30s. Yet you get to the 60-minute mark, and the base jumps up to 56, 60. It's hard to get a read on him, isn't it? It is. It's very perplexing. Look, Radley, I'm pretty confident we'll be in the Whispers team come the end of the year at some stage, but... Maybe that for that first five rounds when Trent Robertson is just figuring out his rotation and how to ease Radley back, he's he's probably a little bit of a miss for me, but definitely when he starts getting named consistently at 13, if we can see his minutes jump back up to 60-plus, and you'd be pretty mad not to have him based on those numbers, wouldn't you? And he's he's held his dual position this year, right? Yeah, 100%. He's got a uh, second-row forward hooker, and there's a, a couple of good value hookers out there, but um, a lot of them have a little bit of uh, job in con- a little bit of job insecurity. Um, so if Radley's playing consistent minutes, he's definitely one you could slot up there for, um, for for Origin if he doesn't get a gig or even just throughout the year to bolster that hooker position. Mate, the last man we're going to talk about today, Tom Travojevic. Now, for me, there isn't an individual that has more influence on their team in the modern game than Tom Travojevic. There isn't an individual that has more influence on supercoach teams, in my opinion, either. He is unbelievable when he's on. You get him at a slightly reduced price this year, Am I crazy not to go with Tom Travojevic? Uh, it depends. If you, if you can afford the the cash for Turbo, then obviously, yeah, I'd be taking Turbo because of the consistent runs on the board. But if you're going to run that uh, a pretty popular combination of Pappenhausen and, and Travojevic, then yeah, look, he's probably one to definitely have. There's no other man in the game. I reckon Travojevic could get three points every week for Dalliem, even on a losing side. He's that critical to Manly and... 
with that mainly you saw how poor they were last year they could be a real contender for the spoon but with the fit Trevojevic they could be a real dark horse to win the comp don't you think oh for sure mate if he plays 80% of games I think they'll be a top four side to be honest with you yeah and look I think him being rested from origin was a good sign as well he could have really pushed his body to play origin and potentially broken down but I think he's had a little bit of longer off season I'm hoping Turbo comes back and look I'm not going to be biased against Turbo and say that he's going to kill it because he has burnt Supercoach owners time and time again but it's just one of those things where you've just Turbo's probably one of those ones where you just start and, and hope for the best isn't it yeah, mate, and and there's another thing that I like is that Manly, they brought him back early at the end of last season. He got injured straight away, and it was really a bit of a public humiliation for Manly that they're not dealing with this properly. I think it's made them have a hard look at themselves, say to Tom, hey, you know, we fucked up there. We really cannot af- – we can't, we can't let you play Origin, essentially. We need you here on the park 80% of the time, and I, I'm hoping that, that that sort of embarrassing moment for Manly is a bit of a turning point. Yeah, look, so do I. I think it was it was widely criticised of Manly as to how poor they've have managed Turbo, but it's a cash 22. You look at the money they're paying him, the money they're paying his brother, and the money they're paying DCE. It's like you've got to have all three of those on the field, but if you're going to put them on the field at the detriment of their longevity, then, then what do you do? So I like the idea of Manly. I think they were never in contention for the finals last year, so it was good that he, he had that rest, didn't play Origin, and, and let his body recuperate. So I think that's and that's what you've said many times, mate. People forget about term, Tedesco and how injury prone he was, but all it takes is one season. And it's probably a confidence thing as well for Turbo, isn't it, with those, with these injuries? Oh, without a doubt, mate. Imagine how rattled he would be going out each and every week. Like he'd... I, I I think him and Matty Moylan, they're, they're both in a very similar boat at the moment, and it must be frustrating when you've got all that ability, but you just can't stay out there. Bit of a mental block as well with a hamstring injury. You know that, that one sort of wrong step could do it. So, yeah, fingers crossed for, for Tommy owners that he can really sort of hold down. And even if he plays 80% of his best, we know how destructive he can be. So maybe week in, week out, he doesn't need to, to go as hard as he does just to sort of preserve his body even if he plays 65 minutes and you could move someone like a, a Ruben Garrick back to fullback and sort of give Turbo a rest when he sort of feels it coming on now mate we're obviously going to have part three of the non-cheapy bible over the next few days and some of the guys we're going to be looking at Matty Moylan Ryan Pappenhausen Tohu Harris Jimmy the Jet out of the West Tigers and of course Jamal Fogarty one of my favorites up at the Titans this is a really exciting bunch for me I feel like today there, there, there was a few negatives around I'm really excited about uh this group of, of five players in part three yeah, a lot of positives to come up in the uh, in part three. Obviously, yeah, today was a little bit of a downer, but unfortunately, every player can be uh, Supercoach Gold. But uh, like you said, mate, really looking forward to the last batch because there's a lot of hidden gems here. Mate, um, if people would like to tune into your podcast, what's it called? Where can they find you? Remind us again. It's just the SC Whisperers NRL Supercoach Podcast. Search that on Apple or Spotify. It's going to be there. Uh, my handles are at SC Whisperer as well. Mate, thanks for your time again today. Look forward to having you on for part three. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.